Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new and settling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. My husband and I moved into a cool downtown loft in 1999 in San Diego's Gaslamp District. We had an underground parking garage that was manned by security after the management team left for the day. My husband worked nights at the time while I attended UCSD. On New Year's Eve 1999, my good friend came to visit and to hit up all the parties. If you remember the year 2000, you know exactly what I mean. I had secured a spot for her in the visitor section of the lot and went down to meet her. The security guard on duty was a middle-aged gentleman. I have long since forgotten his name. He was always very nice to me, but there was something about him that bothered me, and I just didn't know why. When I met my friend at the gate, he came to speak to us and asked about our plans for the evening. My friend told him we were hitting the town on such an exciting night. I said nothing until we got away from the building. For some reason, I said, Kristen, if anything ever happens to me, tell the police to check that guy out, not my husband. She laughed and asked me why, and I told her it was just a feeling that I had. She reminded me of this later, and you'll see why. A few weeks pass, and I see the same security guard leaving the unit of my neighbor that I knew was out of town. I thought it was odd, because he was the parking lot guard and not security for the building. When I mentioned it to another neighbor, she told me that the guards had the master key to the lofts in case of an emergency. Okay, my husband works nights, the security guard knows this, I get a creepy feeling around him, so that's just great. We added a chain to the door, it already had a bolt and a regular lock and that made me feel a little bit better, just a touch safer. Later that year, we're watching the news, and that security guard's face pops up on the screen. I pay close attention. Turns out, he is one of the Aryan leaders from San Diego, and he had just been found guilty of some race-related crime that was sending him away for a long, long time. I absolutely lost it. Why? I'm black, and my husband is white. I thought back to every time he spoke to us, how consolatory he was, how much he'd asked how we were doing, how he would ask my husband about his job, all the little, seeming innocuous questions he put to us, and it scared me to death. He'd had the key to my home. He had to have been bothered by our relationship, yet he never showed it, except to my sixth sense. I raced to the management's office as soon as they opened the next day. One of my neighbors had beat me there. It was the guy whose unit I saw him exiting months before. He was threatening to sue management because he had told them months ago that the security guard was an Aryan and that he was distributing hate leaflets to his son. From the gist of the heated exchange, I discerned that management had approached the guard and asked him about this, yet he denied any knowledge of the pamphlets. The neighbor's last words as he was leaving was that he was conferring with a lawyer 
since they did nothing at the time. Now this guy was on the news for hate crimes committed. He was obviously an Aryan Nation member, and their lack of intervention had allowed him to influence a minor. I have no idea what happened with him as the neighbor moved soon after. I voiced my concerns to management, and they said they'd contracted with a security company, and that the guard had passed all background checks at the time of employment. Why he was even working as a security guard? I have no idea. And being young, we just let it go. Although I've forgotten his name, I can still clearly see his face when I think about him. I've tried looking him up on Google, but none of the search information I've used brings up his case. I've thought about looking it up at the courthouse. There must be some way. But then I think, what's the point? He's in jail still. At least I hope. I randomly recall this memory at times. I'm so glad that my parents taught us to not trust strangers, but I'm even more thankful for my sister actually listening. Back in the 90s, my two siblings and I were walking from our house towards our bus stop to go to school. For context, I was seven, my brother was eight, and my older sister was almost 11. It was a foggy morning as I remember it, and the walk was almost too quiet. We were the only ones in the line of sight. We were a few streets away from the bus stop when a small white sedan pulled up next to us, slowly matching our pace. We looked over slightly confused and curious at the white woman with long curly brown hair in the driver's seat. She was staring directly at us. She was probably around 35 or 40 years old from the looks of her. This continued for a few seconds before she rolled down her window and said, Hey kids, heading to school? She had this weird smile and eyes that looked like they were looking through us. We nodded as it was obvious with our backpacks and all. She coaxed us to come closer with a wave. Why don't you three hop in? I can take you all to school. I, of course, being seven and lazy, was all about the free ride. Sure, I said smiling. My sister grabbed my arm tightly, so tightly that it hurt me. At this point... She pipes up and says, No thanks, rather sternly. The woman's smile seemed to fade, and then reappear in a fraction of a second. Oh, it's really fine. You don't have to walk. I can take you quickly. She said, trying to sound kind. That's when I felt the hairs on my neck begin to stand. No, my sister said even more sternly. My brother looked scared, and I was both confused and alarmed at his facial expression. The woman then turned the wheel of the car and pulled closer to the curb, closer towards us. We all stopped in our tracks out of fear. Get in the car, she said as she halted the vehicle. Her smile vanished and was replaced by a toothy sneer. She was close enough that I could see her dark brown pits for eyes. I swear, she glared at us with pure evil. That was it. My sister picked me up and yelled to my brother, run. I don't know how, but she all of a sudden had Hulk-like strength. She and my brother started sprinting as fast as they could down the sidewalk. I clutched my sister tightly screaming. They almost fell twice in the process, but thankfully, the car never turned around to pursue. Instead, it sped forward and turned down an adjacent street. 
My siblings didn't stop running until we made it home. We locked the door, and we all sat there sobbing. Both my mother and father were working, so we couldn't contact them until they came home. While we were all aware where our parents worked, we didn't have the phone numbers or know how to reach them. That's basically it. If it weren't for my sister, I have no doubt that I or we would have been kidnapped. And from that point, who knows what could have happened. Case in point, teach your kids to never trust strangers. I know our parents taught the lesson. Apparently, I didn't listen. This is something that happened this past Friday while I was babysitting. For a little bit of context to start, I'm 21 years old, a female college student, and have been babysitting since I was about 14. I'm not an expert on literally anything. However, over the years, I've learned both caution and resilience. At the age of 15, I took babysitting courses at our youth center, as well as a female self-defense course. So I babysit at least once a month for this one family. I like them because they pay me more than my usual hourly rate. They have a big house with internet that I can use to do homework. And the two kids are surprisingly well-behaved and compliant. So the two parents have like a monthly ritual of going out around 5 p.m. and returning a little after 2 a.m. I'm always offered to sleep in the guest bedroom and stay until morning. But I usually just stay awake and abuse their satellite TV and then leave when they come home. The house is in a nice neighborhood without a whole lot of neighbors. Very quiet. Also, their house is armed with an alarm system that I have the code to and can arm and disarm it through my phone. That'll be relevant in a little while. So most nights, I take the kids for pizza at this place that has an arcade. I do this so they tire themselves out and head to bed early. Plus, the little girl that I babysit is on a mission to win a family of stuffed animals from the prize store. So I'd be the world's worst babysitter if I didn't guide her in that pursuit. If anyone may be wondering for whatever reason, after Friday night, she only needs the daddy stuffed animal before her collection is complete. Go girl. Anywho, I'm rambling. I was sitting at the table and watching them play in a ball pit while also texting on my phone. This couple came over and sat at the same table as me. It was a long table with parents scattered here and there, so this in and of itself wasn't alarming. The couple looked normal enough. Both were probably in their mid-twenties, maybe a little older. They talked to each other, but then the guy asked me, Are you the one babysitting Dr. So-and-so's kids? So the parents of these children are both doctors, and the specific region that we live in, this would be common enough information. But I still chose to answer their question with an irrelevant statement. I wonder what they use to make the pizza here, is what I said. Yeah, I know, I'm a master of deception. I deserve an Oscar for my performance. However, they seemed to see right through my clever ruse. They started making weird comments. They talked about the kid's parents. They commented on the daughter, and how they wondered if she would look as pretty as their mom. Okay, my dudes, I don't know if that was intended to be creepy, but I'm just going to be safe and pretend that it was. That's when the woman says to me, and I quote, Do they really let you dress like that while watching their kids? She motioned with her eyes towards my t-shirt, which was admittedly a little tight, though aside from a little bit of bosom crack, 
wasn't revealing at all. I have a thin frame and a large chest. It's 90 degrees in my region of the US right now, so it's not like I'm going to wear a hoodie. And my tits have a Crips and Bloods type relationship with any kind of shirt that has buttons. I saw that as my cue to go and to get the kiddos and bring them to get their prizes so that we could bounce. After some very thought-provoking and philosophical debating, they both got their prizes and we headed back to the house. Fast forward a few hours, both kids were bathed and put to sleep. I delivered a heartwarming rendition of Goodnight Moon and read a very spooky chapter of The Werewolf of Fever Swamp and tucked them into dreamland. It was around 9pm, I was caught up on homework and was just watching TV when I heard some movement on the porch. I didn't think much of it at first, but the doorknob started rattling violently. I initially started moving towards the front door to see who it was, but miraculously, I remembered that it was late at night. I was home alone with two kids, and I very much wanted to live. I turned around to grab my purse, which is where I keep my taser. As I'm moving, the back door starts rattling as well, and was accompanied by some banging noises. That's when I remembered that I hadn't enabled the alarm system after returning. Now, if this was a horror movie scenario, of course the alarm wouldn't have worked, and the intruders would have made their way inside. I hate to disappoint if you were expecting something more exciting, but I enabled it quite easily with no incident. I ran upstairs and grabbed the two kids. I put them in their parents' room in the walk-in closet. I still hate that I scared them. When I gathered them up, I gave zero context as to what was going on. I didn't want to tell them that someone was trying to break into their house, but in the process, the fear of not knowing seemed to be worse. I instructed them to stay in there and stay quiet, and only to open the door if they hear me talking to them. I then locked the bedroom door, which is the only door on the upstairs floor that locks. I sat there with my taser out and hit the panic button on the phone app. Several minutes went by, then I got the notification through the app that the alarm system was disabled. I planned on calling 911, even though the panic button already took care of that, but I found it more beneficial to arm it back again. But then it disarmed one more time, so I armed it again. Then it disarmed once more. By this time, I could hear what sounded like two sets of footsteps walking up the stairs. Good job. You locked yourself inside with two potential assailants. I was holding it together for the sake of those kids, but not too deep inside. I was scared to death. When I heard the footsteps get near the door and saw the knob twisting, I took a deep breath and pulled the trigger on my taser, just to let them know I was armed, though it realistically wouldn't do much good. I informed them through the door that the alarm was triggered and police were on their way. Thankfully, I was greeted by a familiar voice. It was the father of the family, and I really only remember him saying two words, you're safe. I opened the door and ran into their arms and started sobbing. I hadn't realized truly until it was over just how scared I really was. The kids came out without me giving them the okay, but their parents were there, so I'll let it slide. When I enabled the alarm on my phone, they both got the notification from the place they were at. With the app, you have the option to view the porch cameras as well. When they got the notification that the panic button was activated, 
they saw through the camera that there were people on each side of the house. One man and one woman. When the alarm kept disarming, that was the parents trying to get back into the house. Police report was filed by them, and I gave a statement mentioning the two weirdos I met earlier that day, even though there was really no evidence that would directly point to them. Camera footage didn't give any positive face IDs either. So yeah, to say I was scared was really an understatement. I'm getting over it now. I'm just grateful that the couple that I was babysitting for were close enough to make it back to me. I hate to say it, but I find the police response time to be absolutely terrible. I'm currently back in my own apartment, an hour away. I checked in once to see how the kids were doing, and they're holding up just fine. I'm glad they had proper protection in their home, and that this didn't end up being any worse than it actually was. Mm -hmm.